0: Pasha Sekev is always in the time of year in a show which is called Ben Azmanim, where it seems people feel it's a mitzvah to go on Tiulim on trips. I was wondering if we find any precedent in the Gemara of Chazal going on trips. And there is such a Gemara. There is a Gemara in Barachas and Afbim Dadid and it's talking about the best Midrash of Rabbi Yochanan in Tveria and his Talmidim and they used to go on a trip to a place called the Valley of Ginosar. What you know about the Valley of Ginosar from a number of places in the Gemara it was famed for its beautiful luscious fruit and Rabbi Yochanan and his best Midrash used to go together to the Valley of Ginosar to eat fruit not just to eat the fruit. The Gemara there says, Rabbi Babar who was one of the Talmudim of the base Medrash, says that when it used to go a hundred of them, so this was the Holy shiva together to the Paris, to the valley of Gennesar, each one would fill a ton of a basket of three saw, which is a tremendously big basket, and each one would be able to eat this entire basket full of fruit. So, this was a tiyo, this was a trip of Rabbi Echelen's best medrash. They would go to the valley of Ginosar and they would eat fruit. And the question is why is that something which the Gemara has to tell us about? What are we meant to learn from the story? And if we're already asking the question, let's ask Rabbi Echelen and his Talmudim. What was so important to them about going to the valley of Ginosar to eat fruit that it became something which they would? they would take time of learning to make this journey to go on this trip and the purpose to eat fruit in tremendous quantities what is the point of it? so really if we open our eyes we'll see that there's a lot of importance attached to the fruit of Eretz Israel. Firstly, in this week's Parsha, Parsha's Ekev, Eretz Yisrael is praised for its fruits. Ki Hashem Aleykech HaMavich Al Eretz Tova HaKadosh Baruch Hu is bringing you to a good land. And one of the ways we've shown that it's a good land is that it's a Eretz Khito So'ira Vegefen Uta'ayno V'Rimoyn. Eretz Zay Shem a land which is blessed with fruits. Similarly, we see that when Moshe Rabbeinu sends the spies, so to speak, as an advance of the Jewish people's conquest of various Israel. So the idea of sending spies was to plan a military strategy, to see where the cities are, to see how well fortified they are, which is what Moshe tells the spies to do. But he adds another instruction also. And he adds the instruction, O la kakhtemi bring us back from the fruit of Eretz Yisrael, the spies did, they they used it as part of their campaign to slound Eretz Yisrael but they fulfilled Moshe's instruction and they brought back fruit from Eretz Yisrael and here also we can ask what was so important for Moshe to ask the spies to bring back the fruit of Eretz Yisrael. How was this going to contribute to the military plan that the spies were meant to submit? If you're thinking about that for a moment, it's very interesting. The Gemara tells us which fruit were brought back. The Gemara tells us that eight spies carried a bunch of grapes. One of them carried a fig, and one carried a rimwain. So we've accounted for 10 spies. Yeshua and Kalev didn't carry anything. It seems they understood that the spies were going to use the fruit of Israel to further their objective of Eretz Israel, and they wanted no part in that. But if we think about it, which were the fruit that Yeshua and Kalev were meant to have taken? So if we've already taken grapes, and a fig and a pomegranate, then it's obvious the fruit that Yeshua and Kali were meant to have taken, one was meant to have taken an olive, and one was meant to have taken a date. But the question is, at least for Kali's point of view, he didn't let the miraculous know that he wasn't going along with their plan. And if that's the case, how did he justify that he didn't take a fruit? We'll see. There's another interesting gemo- point. In the bracha, there's a special bracha made for the produce of various These seven species, things which are made out of wheat or barley flour, made out of wine or one of the fruit of various requires its own after-bracha. And now, in this bracha, we say a very interesting line. It parallels Shemona in the fact that we ask, firstly, we thank Hashem for the land, and we ask for its rebuilding, and then we say, V'halayno l'saycho, Bring us back into it, V'samcheinu b'vinyano, Gladen us with its rebuilding. And then the Nechalm will be able to eat from its fruit. So here also we have a reference to the importance attached to eating the fruit of Eretz Why? There's a Chazal that says that from before Moshe died, he was davening, as we know, to be a in into He was refused. But as we know, Moshe tried time and again 515 times, to be allowed into Eretz And On that, Chazal asked, what did Moshe so much want from Eretz What didn't he have in the Midbar? That he was desperate, so to speak, to come into Eretz to appreciate. And one of the points Chazal bring there is, Did Moshe need to eat from its fruits? Was what what Moshe was missing the ability to eat the fruit of Eretz Yisrael? And Chazal asked in a way that there wouldn't have been a reason for Moshe to daven. The Morgan of Brahman asks, if we've seen that there's a specific matter to the fruit of Eretz Yisrael, so maybe that was Moshe's reason for wanting to come into Eretz Yisrael. Maybe he did want to eat the fruit. Why did Chazal dismiss it as being, so to speak, not a possibility? So to answer all these questions, we really need to understand the principle of the fruit of Eretz Yisra. What's unique about them? What message do they convey? The Gemara at the end of Ksuvah tells us, even in the time of the Amarayim, about the tremendous size and the sweetness of the fruit of Eretz Yisra. From the beginning, Eretz Yisra was called an Eretz Zavas a land which is flowing with the milk and the honey which means the honey of the of the dates but even in the time of Khazar the Gemara tells one story of Ullah came to Israel and he saw within the these big black objects so to speak behind the leaves of the vineyard and based on their size Ullah thought that there were cows within the in the vineyard and he was amazed he said you allowing cows to graze in the vineyard they're going to ruin the grapes and they told him, no, what you're seeing is the bunches of grapes, not cows. The Gemara tells stories of the tremendous size of the fruit that they'll be able to eat. A third of the fruit and be satiated from that. But the Gemara also tells us the opposite. That was at a time of bracha narrative, so where each seed of wheat, the Gemara says, grew to the size of the kidney of an animal. Tremendously big fruit, tremendously sweet fruit. But when Klai Israel weren't worthy, that was taken away. I'm sorry, we were on Tisha just two weeks <coughs> ago. It begins, I'm going to gather them up and take them away, the Hashem. Ain't novim bagafen. There are no longer grapes on the grapevine. There are no longer figs on the fig tree. The leaves have all fallen. And the Gemara says in Saita that after the Khurban, Hashem took away the Shuman Aperis and the tama Aperis. The sweetness of the fruit, the size of the fruit. We lost all of that. Not only that. together Eretz Yisrael was laid desolate. In Qurban, Eretz Yisrael stops stops producing. It becomes a wasteland, it becomes a desert. But not just a desert, it becomes so stark in its emptiness, so incongruous, so to speak, with, with, with what Eretz Yisrael is meant to be, that the Torah points out itself that this was going to be a source of amazement to people who come to visit Eretz Yisrael And are shocked, are taken aback by its utter devastation, by the lack of vegetation, by the fact that nothing grows there. And the passage says in the Tzavim, about the time of the Churban, it says, It's as if the whole land had been burnt with salt and with sulfur. It won't be grown, it can't be planted, not even grass will grow there. Just like the Tsoim, just like the destruction of the four cities that Hashem overturned, same thing at the show altogether will look like that level of destruction. And which will arouse amazement. It says the non Jew who comes from a faraway city, from a faraway country, what's he going to say? They're going to see the afflictions of, of Eretz Yisrael. And what they're going to say. Why has Hashem acted like this to this place? What is this tremendous anger towards Eretz Yisrael? That it's so desolate. So yes. But everywhere else in the world, the ground forgives false fruit. So in Eretz Yisrael, is the land which Haqqad Ishbaruchu, as the apostle tells us, is under the direct supervision of Hashem. So there's no natural agricultural reality. When Kla Yisrael deserve it, then the fruits there are abnormally big, unusually sweet. And when Kla Yisrael do not deserve it, then Eretz Yisrael is uncharacteristically desolate. And therefore, when Klai Yisrael was given the brachat, you go into an Eretz of Geffen, of Rimoy, a land which is fruit. Understand that's a similar bracha. You'll see the, the plenty of the land, the blessing of the land by its fruit. Let's go back to our questions now. Really, that's what Moshe Rabbeinu wanted the Maragim to bring back. He wanted the Maragim to bring back the fruit of Eretz Yisrael because Klai Yisrael had been promised by Hashem that it's a land of plenty. It's a land of Zavas Vudvash. So he told the the Maragim, bring back the fruit. Let them see how big the fruit is. Let them see how luscious it is. Because the message I'm meant to take from that is, look how HaKadosh Baruch Hu is preparing Eretz Yisrael for the arrival of Klai Yisrael. And just like it says in this week's Pasha, you'll come to Eretz Yisrael and you'll find homes built which you didn't build, and fields planted which you didn't plant, and vineyards laid out which you didn't have to plough. HaKadosh Baruch Hu is bringing you to a land which is ready for you. Everything was prepared before Klai Yisrael arrived, so too the fruit were already ready for Klai Yisrael. And that was the message that the fruit of Israel is meant to show them. Look, HaKadosh has prepared Eretz Yisrael for you. It's there, it's ready, and it's waiting. But the miracle, they used the fruit to convey the opposite message. They brought back these enormously big fruits. Miraculously big fruit. And the message they told Kladen Yisrael is, look at the merits the people of Eretz Yisrael have right now if they zecheh to this kind of fruit if they zecheh to these tremendous fruits you understand that the people they are great people and you're not going to be able to overcome them and instead of seeing the fruit as being HaKadosh Baruchos preparing Eretz Israel for the Jewish people they saw it as some kind of matter that the people of Eretz Israel had so the fruit are big the people are big so you see this is for them not for us and that's how they managed to use the fruit so to speak to terrorize to instill fear in the hearts of the Jewish people. But if we understand this principle, then we can answer the question we asked before. As we said, Kai Yisrael brought back grapes and a fig and a pomegranate. What about the olive and the date? So if we understand that concept of fruit of Eretz Yisrael, it's meant to show something exceptional because it's meant to show how HaKadosh Baruch Hu so to speak, relating to Klal Yisrael. If that's the case, we have a clearer example of how Hashem relates to Klal Yisrael through what Klal Yisrael eats. And that's the example of the Mon. The Mon that the Jewish people ate in the desert was an even clearer, even more spiritual, even more miraculous example of how HaKadosh Baruch Hu was, so to speak, providing for the Jewish people. And if that's the case, the taste of the mon must have also been of an exemplary nature. And if that's the case, let's ask the question, what did the mon taste like? Yes, there's chazals who say that's what people wanted it to taste like. But what does the pasuk say? We have two psukim in the Torah, which describe the mon and then tell us what the mon tasted like. The one is in Pashas, Pashalach, the other one is in Pashas, And the one poshuk says that the mon's taste was ketam The taste of the mon was like the taste of a wafer dipped in oil. And the other one says bedvash. The taste of the mon was also like a wafer covered with honey. We know the oil of the Torah is olive oil. And the honey of the Torah is date honey. And if that's the case, there was no point in bringing an olive and a date back from earth to Yisrael. You're going to show how sweet the date. You're going to show the quality of the oil. Kali Yisrael already had better. The, the, in the Mon, they could already taste a better taste of oil, of oil and a better taste of honey. There was no Kaddish there. However, the other fruits, the grape, the pomegranate, the fig, which they didn't have in the midbar, that was something which could be shown to them. That was something which they could taste and see, a level of sweetness which would prove the maila, the advantage of the fruit of Eretz Yisrael. And that's why Yeshua and Kalev, because they realized the fruits would be used against them, would be used to promote the idea of the miraglium didn't carry fruit. But how do they explain why it wasn't necessary for the Jewish people to see an olive and a date because they already had them on? And if you understand this, then we can answer the question we asked before also. When Chazal said that Moshe Rabbeinu not wanted to come into Eretz Yisrael, was the reason he wanted to come in to eat the fruit? And we asked the question, there's a tremendous smile in the fruit of Eretz Yisrael. One can taste in the fruit the way is relating to the Jewish people. In time with Klisha are doing what Hashem wants and the fruit exhibits that in its sweetness, and its size. But for Moshe Rabbeinah it wasn't necessary. Because Moshe Rabbeinah brought us the money. And therefore the fruit of Eritish Yisrael, as important as they are, and as miraculous as they may be, but it doesn't compare to the money which had in the Midbar. If Moshe gave us the money, he didn't need to eat the fruit of Eritish Yisrael. But for everybody else, of course. For everybody else, there's a mailah, there's an advantage to eating the fruit of Eretz And this brings us back to the Gemara we began with. We asked the question Rabbi Yechilan and his Talmudim took time of their learning to travel to the valley of Gennesah to eat fruit. And this is significant enough for the Gemara to tell us how much fruit they ate, prodigious quantities. Why? I believe the answer is like this. We mentioned in Tisha B'Av. The Gemara where Rabbi Yekhan says, Ana yishtayar na Rabbi Yekhan saw himself as one of the final survivors of people who had been alive in Yushalayim before the Khurban. And he had witnessed the destruction and lived afterwards. Now let's think for a minute Rabbi Let's think how people of that time must have felt. They had had a base at Mikdash. They had experienced the avoided, They had seen the simple special way. They had been able to bring Korbanis. And they had felt the tremendous care of Hashem, which comes from being in the base of Mikdash, which we can only dream about. And let's think about the survivors of the Korban, who had seen it all destroyed and taken away from them. And they no longer have Korban, and they no longer have the base of mikdash, And they no longer have the ability to connect to Hashem the same way. And more than that, the whole of Yehuda, the whole area of Judea was destroyed, was ravaged. What did they have left? That's what Rabbi Yochanan and Islam saw in the fruit of Ginnossah. They still have something which shows that there's a male in Eris Something which shows that HaKadosh Baruch is giving a special bracha. Yes, the bracha was only exhibited in fruit. But it was still a seven bracha. Here they could see and they could still feel that HaKadosh Baruch, so to speak, is treating Eris with a special chesed, with a special schus. We lost that too. We have no Paris Genoysa today. But at least then, when it was there, Samarayim would, would make the journey to, to the valley of Genosah to eat the fruit. Because in eating the fruit, they could feel in some small measure the Kirvus Hashem which they were missing after the Khurban. The Gemara says, if we saw. The wrath of goddess Eretz Yisrael was desolate as well. But there's a Gemara in Sanhedrin on the Pasuk in Yechezkel. The Gemara says, On the Pasuk which says, V'atem hara Yisrael, Mountains of Yisrael, Bring forth vegetation, Grow, freeze and produce fruit. Ki boy, Because my people are soon going to come back. And says the Gemara, Out of all the signs Mashiach may be coming, ein l'chossimun gadol mize. There is no greater sign. When you see that once again Eretz Yisrael brings forth fruit. Once again Eretz Yisrael is producing. The land is no longer barren. The wilderness has become a a field of vegetation, of ripe fruit. Know that this is the sign of Mashiach coming. Why? Because like we saw beforehand, it's preparing for Klai Yisrael. Just like the tremendous fruit where they were in the Dara Midbar, Hashem was preparing Eretz Yisrael for Klai Yisrael's re- entry. Same thing, when we see Eretz Yisrael becoming fertile again, and the land begins to produce, it's also Eretz Yisrael pre- preparing itself for Klai Yisrael's return. I heard a story from Mary of rabbi, appears in that he heard from his father. He happened to be in the house of the Chofetz Chaim when the traveler returned from Eretz Yisrael. And the Chafetz Chaim interrogated him, was very interested in every detail of what he had seen. And one of the points he mentioned, that he was walking through the alleys of old Yerushalayim, and there was a kind of a marketplace where people were selling vegetables. What vegetables were there at the time? Onions, maybe, carrots, potatoes, whatever there were. A few vegetables being sold in the old marketplace. And when the Chafetz Chaim heard that, he was moved to tears. And he told to people around him, you hear the is coming. Things are growing in Eretz Yisrael. Megidah is on its way. And if that was then, one only needs to take a trip today, maybe not to Paris, but to any store. And to see the tremendous selection of fruits, of vegetables, of things which grow in Eretz Yisrael. And we see the key of this Nabu. That in preparation for Klai return, Eretz Yisrael already is producing fruit. We're not yet zeichah to the size of the fruit, or the sweetness of the fruit that the Torah had. That will come when we deserve it. But the fact that Eretz Yisrael is again producing fruit, after so many centuries of lying fallow, of being a desert, says the Gemara, you have no clearer sign Mashiach is coming. Eretz Yisrael is preparing for the return of its children. And therefore, like the Pasuk says, like we say in the, in the Bracha, We ask Hashem to bring us back to Eretz Yisrael, We will eat from its fruits, because eating the fruit of Eretz Yisrael is tasting the sweetness of the fact that HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants us back. And then we can understand what the Torah says, כי אֲשֶׁמֶר Baruch Hu is bringing you to a good land, the land of chitzav ve'sa'ira, ba'gefen u'te'ino ve'rimoin, eretz Hashem la'dvash. We should all be ze'ichet to come back to Eretz Yisrael, and we should be ze'ichet to see as well the sweetness of kibros Hashem that we can taste in the fruit of Eretz Yisrael.